Last time on Stone Cold Mysteries. Everyone starts to finish their food and drink when Jones suddenly stands up. Um, excuse me, please. I'm feeling a little ill. Please, continue your meal. On the floor in the aisle is Jones. He was poisoned. He only became ill after the tea was served. I believe that the inside of his teacup was coated with cyanide. No handkerchief. I don't use one. Lady Mason wanted me to get her some cakes from the dining car at the time. He didn't come back with cakes, though. Yes, I couldn't find any in the dining car. I looked everywhere. I think the chef took it back in the kitchen. That's why she went in after I did, to get the cake. Wolf walked in on me when I was in the dining car. I don't know Mr. Jones. This was the first time I met him. Even so, I don't really care for him. He seemed like a braggart, and I'm only a miner by trade. A miner? Why are you wasting money on a private train, then? I just wanted to ride a private train. Why were you in the dining car before we were called for lunch? I just wanted a pastry. Did you get a pastry? Yeah, sure. How? By picking it off the table. Are you dense? But the chef said that the pastries were all picked up before you got in there. A handkerchief and a cyanide bottle was in the kitchen closest to the dining car door. And I found these little bags to put them in so no one saw what I found. Amazing. Good job, Halfpint. That was rather smart of you. Thanks, Chief. Charles hands the bags to Stone, and she looks into them and smiles as she sees a black smudge on the handkerchief. I know that look. That's the look of a sold case. Correct you are, Shepard. Let's get back to our waiting suspects. I've just solved the case. Now we return to Stone, saying she knows who the killer is. Let's get on with it already. Stone, Shepard, and Charles walk back into the dining car. Everyone looks up. Did you find out who the killer was? Please tell me it wasn't my dear Frederick. It wasn't me. I know, but what if they wrongly accused you? That won't happen. She's never wrong. Exactly. The killer is Henry Wolf. What? Are you insane? Hardly. You struck me as odd ever since I met you, Mr. Wolf. You just didn't seem to be rich, or a person who would waste money to ride this train. You aren't. You're a lowly worker who, for some reason, decided to ride this train today. That reason was to kill Mr. Jones. What? That's crazy. You have no proof. That's just the thing. I do have proof. Not a lot of it, but it's more than the rest of the people in this train, and it's irrefutable. But I have no motive, no reason. I didn't do this. I can agree with the fact that you have no motive. The only person with actual motive would be Miss Mason. But I don't believe she did it, especially since it makes more sense that you did. She mentioned something to me. Everyone who comes across likes him. There would be no reason that anyone would kill him unless it would be for financial or occupational reasons since he was the biggest, almost the only, person in the railroad business. That's why I propose that you killed him, to usurp him from his throne, because you are a coal miner and a shoveler for his trains. You had the perfect reason and opportunity to buy a ticket, and off a person who you have worked under for so long. But I told you I never met him! And how would I be the next in line for the throne if I'm just a lowly worker, huh? But that's the thing. You might never have met him when you worked under him, but you could have done this for someone else. A hired hitman, per se so that you could get some of the profit. Besides, you said you never met him until this trip, but you instantly disliked him. Everyone else on this train, including Shepard, Charlie, and I, who met him today as well, like him a lot. Why were you different? He wasn't anything but genuinely kind. But I suppose you can hate a person if you want. That's your prerogative. But you can't tell me that this cyanide bottle and handkerchief saturated in cyanide isn't yours. Stone shows the bottle and the patched-up handkerchief covered in coal smudges and dust to the group. 
This is a very old handkerchief, ripped and patched up. A handkerchief used for someone who just can't afford a new one. But the real reason I show the handkerchief as evidence is the black smudges on it. Coal dust. That's coal dust. Extremely hard to get out of fabric if it's worked into it. And the only person who would have coal dust and cyanide handkerchief is the coal miner in our midst, Henry Wolf. Now, what I want to know is who your employer is. Never. I'd be dead if I did that. But suppose I already am. Wolf takes out a fake tooth from his mouth and chews it. Soon after, he foams at the mouth and dies. Are you kidding me? He had a cyanide capsule in his mouth? It was like he was prepared if he got caught. Right, Chief? Yes, but now we won't know who hired him. Two dead bodies in the span of an hour. I swear, Stone, you are bad luck. Shut up. You are around death as much as I am. We both could be bad luck. Be that as it may, we need to put these bodies somewhere so we can finish the trip in peace. Stone and Shepard move the bodies as the rest of the trip commences. Later, the train arrives in Torquay. Shepard phones the local police from a call box, and they come in and get the bodies. Everyone then exits the train. Vale walks up to a telephone. Hello? Jack, it's me. Victoria? How lovely. Did Jones meet his untimely demise? Yes. It went off without a hitch. Well, almost. Wolf had to die. What? He used his cyanide capsule? Why? The detective and her police chief. Again? What did she do? She solved it. Again. And way too close for comfort. She came to the solution that Wolf was hired by someone to kill him. If only Jones had a mean bone in his body. That's why Wolf killed himself. At least he was loyal. We will remember him. I don't think we should perform assassinations anymore. Causing mentally unstable people to go on with their murderous plans is much safer. Yes, but remember, this man had no enemies. Let's just hope this detective doesn't try to pursue Wolf's employer. What if she does? I think we should just kill her already. No, my dear. The town needs a symbol of peace to not ask questions. Besides... A game is only fun if you have a second player. But what if she gets too close? <laughs> then she will become the victim in her own case. Don't worry, Victoria. I have this under control. Stone will remember her role in this game, even if I have to remind her myself. It is January 6th, 1891, in a new city. At least for our daring detective, charming chief, and fun-loving kid of Torquay, England. The three do-gooders just got out of a train after a nasty murder, getting ready to meet with their mystery client. The air of Torquay smelled inviting, but also curiously evil. Will their next case prove sinister, or will everything be okay? And will it even be in Torquay? Well, let's tune in and find out. Miss Val ran off rather quickly, didn't she? Well, I'm sure she has something to do, just as the rest of us. I'm just glad we have fresh air again. Ugh! Where's our client? We've been waiting here forever! It's not your client at all, Charlie. I just couldn't leave you at home alone. It's still a good question, Stone. We have been waiting here a good while. The police were able to get in and move the body in all that time, and we still haven't seen hide nor hair of this mysterious client. Stone! There you are! I've been looking everywhere for you. Detective Steele walks up and then sees Shepard and Charles. And hello to you, too. Steele? 
What are you doing here? My thoughts exactly. You are quite a ways from home. Even so, leave us be. We're trying to find our mysterious client. Huh. Can't you tell? I'm the client. Why else would I know you three were here? The three stare at him. What? I hired you. You hired us? For what? Why? And why didn't you tell us who you were? Because you wouldn't have come if I said who I was. And I hired you to take me back to London. I seem to have gotten off the wrong train and I'd rather not go through that hassle again. Besides, waiting for you all allowed me to take a look at this town and its splendor. You hired us? To take you on a tour? No, I do have actual work in England. The police force in Camden are working with the police force in Fort Myers for another drug operation. But, like I said, I got off the wrong train. You are hours away from Camden. You aren't very bright, are you? Watch it, kid. But that's why I hired you and Shepard, so you can take me to the right place. I thought that I could just stay with Shepard in London and then travel to Camden in the morning tomorrow when I'm actually supposed to be there. Are you insane? I'm not riding on another train today. We just witnessed a murder. Nah, that won't happen again. Besides, I'm paying you for everything, so what's the issue? Might as well get it over with, Stone. We are indebted to him at this moment, since he paid for the trip here. Plus, private trains aren't that bad. I suppose we might as well. It is nearing dinner, and we can't stay here forever. That's very true. Now, come on. If we hurry, we can book the right train before the trains are done traveling for the day. Steele, Shepard, Stone, and Charles get onto another train to go back to London. They finally arrive at around 9 o'clock. This has been just a lovely day, but Charlie and I are going home now to eat and sleep. I sure hope you all heard the sarcasm in her voice, because today was the worst. My butt hurts from sitting so long. Ah, but you didn't finish telling me that crucifixion murder case. Shepard can finish it for you. You're staying with him, right? (laughs) Right, so goodbye. Stone! Goodbye, Shepard. Goodbye. Stone and Charles leave for her residence. (sighs) Great. I guess you're with me, then. Please contain your enthusiasm. Just come on. The two leave for Shepard's residence. Stone and Charles arrive and go past Miss Lawlin. Miss Stone! Miss Stone! Little puppy! Wait, please! Mrs. Lawlin, I am not in the mood. I've witnessed two dead bodies and I've been traveling all day. And I'm not a puppy! Even though they're great. But I'm not! But Miss Stone, someone has been murdered here! What? Yes, I locked down the complex and called the police, but they haven't come yet. It's like they didn't believe me, but no one has left the complex. Okay, is this just like last time? I'm not doing some wild goose chase again. It's too late for this. Don't belittle me! Do you want to be kicked out? Okay, okay. Where's the body, Mrs. Lawlin? I'll take you to it. I'm glad you came. You and your little puppy are better than the police. I'm not a puppy! Lawlin shows them to the third floor. Here, I felt the strange aura from this room. Aura. Are you kidding? You mean you didn't actually see the body or the murder or anything? I don't have to see it to know it happened. Go in and look. I'm going to regret every second of this. Hello, can I come in? Someone said something happened and I'd rather not be rude. How can you be rude to a dead body? You're insane! Open the bloody door! Mrs. Lawlin, shush! No sound comes from within the door. 
Hello? Can't you answer my mum? No sounds come from within the door. Stone turns the knob on the door, and it's unlocked. Charlie, Mrs. Lolland, get behind me now. The two comply, and Stone opens the door. Dangling from the ceiling is the body of a woman, hanged by the neck. This is officially the worst day I've had in a long time. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, and if you ever saw it, You would even say it glows All of the other reindeer Used to laugh and call him names They never let poor Rudolph Join in any reindeer games Then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph with your nose so bright Won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him As they shouted out with glee Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer You'll go down in history shiny nose and if you ever saw it you would even say it glows all of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names they never let poor Rudolph join in any reindeer games then one foggy Christmas Eve Santa came to say Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? Then how the reindeer loved him, as they shouted out with glee. Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, you go down in history. Hey there, ladies. Kids asleep and husbands still at work? Or maybe you just want some late-night satisfaction without missing beauty sleep? Well, tune in to our new talk show for ladies called The Not So Late But Early Enough Show. We talk about the good things in life like recipes, tips on life, and the hottest gossip we can muster. Girls, we have the goods and you want the products. So tune in to The Not So Late But Early Enough Show. We make late nights early. Join the fun. See? I told you there's been a murder! A bloody murder! 
about my complexes? Just because a girl was hanging from the ceiling doesn't mean she was murdered. She committed suicide. Well, that's where you're wrong, Charlie. For once, Mrs. Lawlin is right about this being a murder. How so? There are three things that should give you pause. The first is the fact that the door was unlocked when we walked in. Any person committing suicide would want to make sure no one walked in on them. Secondly, the fact that over there on our table, two wine glasses are out. One is knocked over with its contents on the floor, and one is almost empty. Those could be hers, but she was more than likely entertaining a guest. Lastly, and this is the irrefutable evidence that this was a murder, is the fact that there is no stool under her. How was she able to hang herself from that height off the ground without a stool? You can't. It's physically impossible. I knew it! I bloody knew it! All those idiots around this building think I'm just a crazy landlord. Well, I'll show them. No, you're still crazy. Come on, Charlie, don't be rude. Now, let's check out the body. All three of them walk into the room, and Stone starts to inspect the body while Charlie looks around the room. What do you see? Well, seems like the killer strangled her on the ground before they set her up to look like a suicide. There's a thin line on her neck that looks like a chain, due to strangulation. It was probably some kind of necklace. Death by jewelry. What a way to go. The body is also still a bit flexible. Rigor mortis hasn't set all the way in, so the body has been dead for less than two hours. So the killer is still among us! Obviously! You kept everyone within the building! No one's running! They might even still be in here! Mrs. Lawlin starts looking around the room. Lovely. Uh, one last thing on the body, Charlie. She was holding a swatch of fabric in her right hand here. Stone pulls out a piece of blue fabric. Now we know we're looking for someone with a ripped blue article of clothing. Hey! I found something too! I think it's literally a list of suspects! What is it you found? 500 letters from five different people. They are all varied, but each one is super angry. I'm not sure what some of the words say, though, but there is one from David Smith, Franklin Brick, Bailey Rivers, Collie Sprang, and Anne... Uh... Anne... Murr. That says Murr. Anne Murr! Well, good job, Charlie. Seems to me we have five people to talk to before this day is out. I was tired, but I'm wide awake now. Just tell me what to do, Mum. Mrs. Lawlin? Yes, Miss Stone? Do you know these tenants? Stone gives her the letter, and she nods. Y- yes, I mean, I know everyone in my building, but these are five people that have a lot of complaints about Reba Tess. Who's that? The dead girl. Uh, of course. Mr. Brick is the old man that lives below this room. Mr. Smith is a young man who lives on the last room down this hall. Miss Spring lives right above this room. Miss Murr lives right beside this room on the right. And Mrs. Rivers is the old lady who lives right below this room near Mr. Brick. The rooms are 206-347-410-309-210. Okay, Charlie. I think it's time we cover more ground if we want to figure out this murder before tomorrow. You go check out the two old people downstairs in 206 and 210, and I will check out rooms 347 and 410. Then we will reconvene here and check out room 309 together. Sounds good, Mum. But first, let's talk about what you need to ask and look for, okay? You need to look for some kind of necklace that would be thin enough to make that strangulation mark. Ask them about the letter. Look for the ripped blue article of clothing. Ask them how they knew this girl and where they were around two hours ago. Got it? Necklace... Letter, blue rip, knowledge, and two hours. Got it. Good. Here are the letters for the two old folks. Now go on. Charles leaves. Mrs. Lawlin looks at Stone. Why are you letting the puppy go off on his own? 
Because I don't believe the old people to be the killers. How could they hoist her up to the ceiling? But they still need to be questioned. Anyway, did any of the suspects come and go before you called the police or before we came? No. Yes. I'm not exactly sure. All I know is after I called the police and you came, no one left the building. Well, okay. You should go back downstairs to make sure none of the suspects leaves. We still need to make sure that they stay here. I might be down later to ask a few more questions, okay? But I wanted to go with you to the suspects. This is all so exciting. Let me be in on the action. We never talk, you know. It's like all I am to you is just a landlady. Don't you care about me anymore? What? Woman, all you are is a landlady. It's not like you are my grandmum. <sighs> Look, I'll make sure I tell you all about the suspects once we figure out the murder. But if it's really that important, in a few hours, if you want to come back up to talk about the suspects with Charlie and I, you can. It's about time you invite me to tea. I've been your landlady for how long? Well, anyway, I'll see you in a couple of hours. No one is going to leave on my watch. Mrs. Lawlin leaves the room to go back to her office. I sure hope that woman's memory is just as bad as her brain. Shepard and Steele arrive to Shepard's apartment. Well, this is home sweet home. You can sleep on the couch here. That's all the room I have. Well, you certainly know how to make a person feel welcome. You aren't welcome. In fact, this is all last minute. If I wasn't such a nice guy, you'd be sleeping in a hotel. But you are a nice guy. I suppose that's why you still live by yourself, huh? What? Nothing. Hey, I wonder what Stone and Charles is doing right now. It's Charlie, and they are probably asleep. Really? I wouldn't think she would be the type to go to bed so early. It's only nine o'clock. Yes, but you do remember that we spent over eight hours on a train, and we solved a murder just because you didn't want to travel alone. What are you, five? No, I'm 20, and I'm in a foreign country. It's natural to want to travel with company. I didn't want to get lost. You're 20? That's rather young. How did you become a detective for the police? Blood, sweat, and tears. I started when I was 18. That's not so strange. I'm sure you got into the business at that age. Yes, but I didn't become the chief until I was 23. You're already a head detective, aren't you? Yes, I became head detective a month or so before I turned 20. It's not that hard seeing I was one of the best people vying for the job, and I'm bloody good at what I do. Seems like you're humble, too. (laughs) Guilty as charged. Hello, sir. I heard you were home. Yes, but why are you here? We have a hard case here. We wanted to get your input on it so you could solve it. A case to solve? He asked me, not you, so shut it. Come on in, Officer Hardy. Who's that? Just some stupid American who can't travel on a train properly. Hey! Kidding. Well, here's the case. Some woman was murdered in her home. The officer gives Shepard the file. Ah, this shouldn't be too difficult. Can I please help, please? It'll be seriously boring just watching you try and think. Excuse me? Joking. But seriously, I want to help. Fine. I suppose you won't shut up about it if I don't let you. Shepard and Steele both begin to look at the file. Charles gets to room 206. Well, time to talk to Mr. Brick. I would greet you fondly, but you've disturbed my meditation, young one. What is it? Mr. Brick, I'm with the police, and I just have a few questions. My gosh, 
Seems like the workforce gets younger and younger. Unless you just look young. I'm in training. Oh, well, good luck to you, chap. But why am I being visited by the police? Did I sleepwalk again? Um, no, sir. I don't even think that's a crime. Uh, No, what I want to know is if you knew Reba Tess. Who is that? The girl who lives in 310? You know, the one you wrote a letter to. Ah, the drunkard. Yeah, her... Wait, drunkard? No, I don't know her per se. I've just seen her. We never talked or got to know one another. So I can't say I know her. At least, not personally. So, why did you write her a letter? And how did you know where she lived if you didn't know her? I mean, that's the only way you would be able to give her the letter. No, I asked Mrs. Lawlin to give it to the girl who always came home drunk Friday and Saturday nights. She always made such a ruckus. You knew who I was talking about. She'd come home so late and she'd come home so late and come right by my room singing like a banshee before going up the stairs. Sometimes she had a man with her too. Heaven knows what she does. But she was always so loud and obnoxious. That's why I wrote her a letter. To tell her to keep it down. People are sleeping and I swear I wake up every night to her idiocracy. And then I can't get back to sleep. So you hated her? For a few hours on Friday and Saturday. But why do you refer to her in the past tense? What happened? Oh, nothing. Can I see your apartment? Sure, I suppose. Mr. Brick lets him in and Charles looks around. Wow! I've never seen a room so... empty. All you have is this rug. I have a bed too, but that's in my bedroom. I live very free. So you have absolutely nothing? Besides the clothes on my back and my rug... Yes, I have nothing. I like to live like the wind, free and wherever life takes me. Uh Aha. And where were you two hours ago till now? Right here in my room. I started my meditation two hours ago and you woke me up from my tranquility. Charles looks around the whole apartment and confirms that is all the man had. This is weird. I'm gonna go now. Thanks for your time. Sure thing, son. May the sun bless your walk. Charles quickly leaves. Stone arrives at room 410. Yes? I just have a few questions for you. I'm Samantha Stone and I'm with the police. You're the police? I didn't think you would come all the way here about my complaint. What? You're here about Reba Teth, right? Uh, yes. Yes, I am. Why were you upset with her? Because she keeps sleeping with the boss to get on his good side. She keeps stealing my promotions and such. She's the devil incarnate! And you know she does this? She likes to rub it in my nose. I don't think that is legal, do you, Miss Stone? What? The sleeping with your boss or the bragging about it? The sleeping around! Duh! Besides, she's not even committed to him. She gets drunk like every Friday and has some other man in her room. I see. And where were you about two hours ago to now? I had just gotten home from work. Then I took a nice long bath and was interrupted by you. So, that's why you only have a robe on. I'm not that kind of lady, Miss Stone. Never said you were. So the letter you sent to Tess was to tell her to stop sleeping with the boss. Exactly. Can I come in? I need to look at your apartment. I'm not exactly dressed for company, so I'm going to politely decline. You don't need to look through my apartment just because I complained about some hussy. Can you at least tell me if you have some kind of thin chain jewelry? 
Never. My necklaces are all chokers. Now, are we done here? Yes, I suppose so. If only I hadn't interrupted the bath. I'll have to come back later to look through the apartment, but she did seem like she was telling the truth. Gosh, I wonder how Charlie's doing. Charles arrives at room 210, where Mrs. Rivers lives. Miss Rivers, are you there? What, dearie, am I where? Are you the one who knocked? I, I'm with the police and I have a few questions. What? No, dearie, I don't have a lease. This is an apartment complex and I don't offer lessons. No, I said I'm with the police and I have a few questions. Oh, dearie me, how are you with the police? You're so young. I'm in training. You're draining? No, I'm in training. Oh, well, good luck. Where were you two hours ago until now? Here in my room. I was reading since two hours ago. Then I hear a knock at my door. That was me. It was not free. I had to pay for the book. Oh, my gosh. Why were you upset with the girl you wrote letter to? Oh, the drunkard. She comes home so late on Fridays and Saturdays and wakes me up with ungodly singing. I think she has a man over a lot, too. I wrote her to kindly keep the noise to a minimum before I asked Mrs. Lawland to kick her out. She must have been really darn loud for you to hear, lady. What was that, dearie? Nothing! Did you know the drunkard? No, dearie. I just heard her on the weekends. I would stick my nose out to see so I knew what she looked like. So I was able to tell Mrs. Lawland who to give the letter to. Can I take a look around your home? I guess so, but don't take anything. I wouldn't do that, lady. I'm with the police. Charles takes a look around her house and finds some small thin jewelry, but no blue clothing items. Do you have any blue clothing items? No, that color is dreadful. And why would you want to know about my clothing? Are you some pervert? Ew, gross, no. I have a girlfriend. I'm going now. Bye, ya old lady. What, bold laddie? What do you mean? Charles leaves. I should hope she's not the killer. I mean, I don't think she could be, but there's no way I'm dealing with that deaf old hag again. I guess I gotta go back up to see Miss Stone now. Beginning to look a lot like Christmas Everywhere you go Take a look in the five and ten Listening once again With candy canes and silver lanes aglow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Toys in every store but the prettiest sight to see is the holly that will be on your own front door. A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that chooses the wish of Barney and Ben. Dolls that'll talk and we'll go for a walk as the hope for Janice and Jen. And Mom and Dad can hardly wait for school to start again. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Everywhere you go Now there's a tree in the Grand Hotel One in the park as well 
The sturdy kind that doesn't mind the snow It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas <laughs> Soon the bells will start And the thing that will make them ring Is the carol that you sing right within your heart A pair of hop-along boots and a pistol that shoots Is the wish of Barney and Ben Dolls that'll talk and will go for a walk Is the hope for Janice and Jen And the mom and dad can hardly wait for school to start again It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas Soon the bells will start And the thing that will make them ring is the carol that you sing right within your heart. Are you feeling festive? Do you want to help surprise the kids in a red suit? But you can't grow a beard? Then get yourself a clip-on Santa beard from Filament Filler's Mustache Clip-Ons. Look big and jolly without looking like you had a fake beard. When you can't grow a beard, don't worry. Filament Filler's has you covered with Filament Filler's Mustache Clip-On with a new clip-on called Santa Beard. Be manly, be festive with a beard from Filament Filler's. Steele and Shepard are still looking over the case. So, have you two come to a conclusion? Well, Shepard, I would believe that this woman was killed by her son. That's what I came to as well. It's because of the hairs in her hand and the angle of the wound, correct? Yes! Nice one, old man. The room was set up so that it looked like the husband did it, but the woman was clutching long strings of gold hair and the wound on her head was angled downward, like someone taller hit her. The husband has short black hair and shorter than the wife, whereas the son is taller than the wife and has long blonde hair. Exactly. That man should have gotten a haircut. And if you ever call me old again, I'll throw you in a jail cell. Excuse me. I've seemed to hit a nerve. Lower your hackles, big man. That's worse. Just call me Chief Shepherd for the Queen's sake. Have to call you Chief Shepherd for the poor gal's constitution? My gosh, she must be weak. You take that back! The queen is bloody brilliant! She's the queen! It was a joke. Calm down. So, the murderer is the son? Yes, most definitely. I stake my job on that. Then I'll get him right away to be questioned. Thank you, sir. No problem. Goodbye now. The police officer leaves. I help too, you know. My town, my credit. Now who's the bragger? Pipe down, you. I've had enough of this back talk. Man, do you ever hear yourself? Or do all British people sound old? Do you want to sleep in the streets? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Jeez. I wonder if Stone is having such a good time like me. Stone arrives at room 347 where Mr. Smith lives. Mr. Smith, are you there? Please answer. 
Do you have any idea what time it is? I have to sleep tonight. My job is very demanding. Excuse the intrusion, but I'm Samantha Stone, private investigator. I'm with the police. I just had a few questions for you. All right, then. Get on with it. Do you know a Miss Reba Tess? Oh, uh, yes, she's an employee of mine. Um, does really well with work and and such. Why? I'm asking the questions here. I would like to know why you wrote her an angry letter, and don't try to lie. I have read the letter. (sighs) Okay, look, I suppose now you know I love the woman. I thought she loved me too, but it seemed like I was just one in a string of many guys. I wrote her the letter saying she has to get rid of the other guys and only keep me, or else she would lose her job. So you were blackmailing her? It's not any worse than what she was doing. She asked to be with me just to move up in the company. I guess so. Where were you two hours until now? I was sleeping until you rudely awoke me. Why are these even questions? Is she hurt or something? I told you that I was asking the questions. May I come in? No. There's such a thing called harassment, and I don't see a badge. You can stay right there. (sighs) Do you have any thin chain jewelry? Why the devil would I have jewelry? If you haven't noticed, I am a man. I think we are done here. Not that I thought you had any jewelry anyway, but thank you for the slammed door in my face. Better get back to Charlie now. Stone goes to room 309. Charles is waiting for her there. About time you showed up! Well, I'm sorry that I had to go upstairs and all the way down the hall. That was your choice. Don't give me that, Charlie. Sorry. Stone and Charlie relay what they found from the four suspects. Well, seems like the two old people were quite colorful, but I don't believe them to be the killers. Yeah, besides... Your two didn't even let you come into their apartment. Yes, but they are seeming the most guilty at the current moment. We still have one more person to question. Miss Murr. Mrs. Lawlin pops up the stairs. Oh no, not without me. You said that I get to join you and the little puppy for talking to Miss Murr. Oh, bloody hell. You said she could join us? I thought she would forget. I'm not stupid, Miss Stone. Now I smell a murder, so we must commence the search. I blame you for this, Mum. You. Let's just get this over with. Oh, um, good evening, Miss Murr. I was just going to knock. I know. I heard you and the peanut gallery bickering out here. Well, I'm Samantha Stone. I know who you are. You're the private investigator who works with the police chief here in London. (laughs) I've read about you in the paper. Most of the people here in London like to stay ignorant, but I like to stay informed. It makes me feel safe. Well... We just have a few questions for you. Yeah, so no lying. Exactly. This woman is able to sniff out lies like a bloodhound. And any liar she finds will be left lifeless in her wake. You make me sound like a demon. What are the questions exactly? I would like to get back to sleep. Well, we would first like to know where you were two hours ago until now. Here. Right here in my room. Just enjoying the peace and quiet that the night brings. I was sleeping, enjoying the tranquility of it all, until you three decided to make a ruckus outside of the door. We are sorry about rudely awakening you. I'm glad you are. Otherwise, we would have an issue. I know you live in this complex. I'd have the landlady here kick you out or something. Is that why you wrote a letter to Miss Tess? Oh, the little hussy next door? Yes, I wrote her a letter to stop 
the nauseating singing that she does on the weekend, along with the drunken laughter, men, and awful noises that keep me up throughout the night. It's rude. She deserved to be punished for her actions. That's why I told her to quit it before she got what was coming to her. Got what's coming to her? Yes. Getting kicked out. She was disturbing the peace. Maybe I should have kicked her out already. I get so many complaints about her. You threatened to kick me out for not believing you when you cried wolf for the millionth time. But you were going to let Tess slide? I have priorities. Very messed up ones. Look, is this all the questions you have? I'm losing time to be by myself. No, uh, we would just like to look around your apartment, please. Sure, go ahead. Can't stop you anyway. That's hindering a police investigation. That is true. The three walk into her apartment and look around. So, what happened to the test girl? I suspect something had to happen if you are questioning me. From what I read in the papers, the only cases you take are murder cases. That's right! That's right! The girl was murdered, and I knew it! I knew it! Do you ever shut up, lady? Charles! Your puppy should have a muzzle, Miss Stone. He's not a dog! It would be most peculiar if he was. I mean, he can talk. If he was a dog, I'd have to take care of him. Take care of me? Yes, take you to the police. A talking dog is not exactly normal. That would be some sort of witchcraft. So, do you have any blue articles of clothing? I don't believe so, but I don't really know what I wear. I wouldn't exactly feel comfortable with you looking through my closet. Well, since you know that this is a murder investigation, I'm going to have to do it anyway. I guess that is your prerogative. Stone looks through it and doesn't find any ripped blue clothes. Well, I guess you don't have any clothing that matches the description. Good. I wouldn't want to be wrongfully accused. But what about that locket around your neck? Look, Miss Stone, she has jewelry. Doesn't every girl? I think I'm allowed to look nice. You are. She's guilty. Guilty. She has a locket. Just because she has a locket doesn't mean she's guilty. The other girl we questioned could have had one too. You will rue the day that you messed with us, woman. Mrs. Lollin, stop jumping to conclusions. I'm, I'm sorry. You know how she is. Uh, That's all the questions we have. Thank you. Thank you. Stone pushes Mrs. Lawlin out, and Miss Murr stands at the door. It's quite all right. I do hope you find the killer. You always do, Miss Stone. But please, don't bother me again. Good night. Mrs. Lawlin, you can't just go around accusing suspects of murder. That is not how we do it. It takes a good amount of deliberation and asking questions. But she had the necklace. She had a necklace. Many women have necklaces. If that was the only reason she needed to be the killer, then I would be the murderer. But you aren't. I know that! Ugh! Can you just go back downstairs and make sure none of the suspects leave? But that's boring. I've been having a lot of fun helping. Miss Lawlin, leave. Please. Fine. But you will be sorry when you realize that you really did need me. God remits, you senile old lady! Charlie, you really can't go around insulting people even if it's true, and even if I do it. You wouldn't like people doing it to you, and it reflects poorly on me. I'm trying to raise you right. Please try and keep your tongue in check. Yes, ma'am. I'm just tired. I know. So am I. But that's no excuse for a bright young man like yourself, okay? Let's go back to Tess's room and review what we know, alright? Yeah. Okay.
Stone starts to leave when Charles grabs her sleeve. Hmm? Um, I'm sorry for being mean to my elders, Mum. I know you don't have to let me help you in these cases, but I'm glad you do. I know you didn't have to adopt me either. Thanks for giving me a chance. Thanks for putting up with me. Stone bends down to his height and hugs him. Everyone deserves a chance, Charlie. And I believe you to be worth one. I value your company. And it's good to learn about these things because, unfortunately for you, murder is a real thing. People will kill over anything and everything. That's why I'm raising you to be polite and well-learned, so you have the best shot at surviving in this nasty world. But I know you are just a kid. I know that you not only have to survive in this world, but you have to live. She stands back up. And Charlie? Yes, ma'am? I don't put up with you. I love you. So, what is this little job you have in Camden? I told you. It was another drug operation. Yes, but what are the details exactly? I thought you said you were tired. I think I'm too tired to be tired. If that makes any sense, I'm wide awake now. Yes, I've had that feeling before. But I really don't have any details until I get to Camden. But if you're so restless, why don't you tell me about you and Stone? What about us? You already heard all of our cases that we had after we left Fort Myers. No, no, no. Not about the case. I mean about love. What the devil are you talking about? Wow. Are you seriously telling me that you haven't made a move at all since you left Florida? No, wait. She turned you down, didn't she? I knew it. It was a mustache, wasn't it? What's wrong with my mustache? No, she didn't turn me down either, and I didn't make a move because there are no moves to make. So you don't love her? I didn't say that. So then you do love her? I didn't say that either. Then what are you saying? It's complicated. Wow, that is such a cop-out. Even that little kid Stone adopted has a girlfriend. I remember him boasting about it on the train ride back. Are you saying that a little 10-year-old boy has more backbone than you? No, I'm saying that Charlie and Bonnie were so cut and dry, it was obvious that they both liked each other because they put all their cards on the table. It's easy for little kids. They knew what they wanted. Are you saying you don't? No, uh, yes, uh, maybe, I don't know. It's too late for this, Steel. Why don't you put all your cards on the table? Because what if she doesn't respond in the way I want her to? Believe me, old man, she's going to respond positively. There's no way she wouldn't. A girl who gets jealous over another girl isn't a girl that just wants to be friends. How do you know she got jealous when the Coast Guard in America was flirting with me? Intuition. And the fact that you just confirmed it. You sly devil. So I've been told. Now... Call her up or something and get it over with. It, it's not that simple. Why not? You know what? I don't see you having a girlfriend or anything. Why don't you call up your lady and ask her out? Hey, now this isn't about me. This is about you. Says the man who just told me that I don't have a backbone. Where's yourself, hmm? Okay. I think we should all take a step back here and calm down. You wanted to know about the drug operation, right? I can't believe you. A white Christmas
the ones I used to know Where the treetops glisten And children listen To hear bells in the snow moms the year is coming to an end and with all of the holiday shopping we know you're tired well sophie soap suds is here to help you get a restful sleep with our new facial cleanser our new soap winter dreams is formulated to soak deep into your skin and target your brain to produce the best of dreams so you sleep through the night dream of a getaway winter palace snow blanketed hills sophie soap suds winter dreams is here for you in your beautiful night's sleep and remember, when all other soaps are duds, try Sophie's Soap Suds. Stone and Charles are back in Tess's room, going over everything. All right, let's start with the old folk. Read Mr. Brick's letter, will you? I'll try. Dear drunk lady, I would like it if you'd stop making a fool of yourself during the week ends so that I can enjoy my me- meditation. Meditation period in peace. You're so loud. If you don't come, if you don't comply, I will have Mrs. Lawler kick you out. Sincerely. Sincerely, Mr. Brick. Very good, Charlie. Now, Miss Spring wrote, "Dear Ribbitess, 
You little hussy, you witch. I can't believe you would sleep with the boss just to take my positions in the company away from me. I could kill you. You need to stop or else I'll go to the police or something. Plus, how disgusting are you to have men on the side? Get a life. Carly Spring. Mr. Smith wrote, Dear Reba, you broke my heart. How could you have other men on the side when you claimed you wanted me? Carly Spring told me, you know. Can we talk about this? I think this isn't okay at all. You need to get rid of those other men or else you will go back to the lowly maid you were. Or maybe I'll just fire you. I'm so angry I could kill. So don't bring another one of those jerks back. Yours truly, David. Seems like those two had the most motive. Wait a moment. I haven't read Miss Murr's note yet. Here it is. Dear Miss Tess, I know who you are, neighbor. You always come home so late at night with that ungodly singing and drunken suitors. The walls aren't thick, you know. Some people actually like to sleep, and then you just keep singing and... Um, <laughs> colorful language. Making some weird noises that Charlie shouldn't know. Nice one, Mum. And it goes throughout the night. It's obnoxious, and it makes me want to scream. How can you be so rude? You deserve to leave this place. I hate you. Shut up. Sincerely, Miss Murr. I guess she has motive, too. Exactly. But she didn't have any ripped blue clothes, although she could have gotten rid of them. And the only necklace she had was that locket. I remember it having an initial on it, but I can't put my finger on it. Miss Lawlin distracted me. She's so annoying. Charlie, what did I say? Sorry, but it is true. I know it is. Ugh, I have a feeling to who it is, but I need concrete evidence. We know that someone was let into Tess's room for some wine, but the murder happened before someone drank all the wine. Probably Tess didn't finish hers. We know that she was killed with some chain, probably a necklace, before she was hung in the center of the room. Also, we know that the killer had a blue shirt or something that was ripped in the tussle. I'm guessing the killer was someone she knew. I agree. So that brings it to Mer, Smith, and Spring. But they all had motive. If only I was able to search Smith's and Spring's room. If only I could remember what the locket looked like. I want to search the rooms again, but Miss Murr was right. I would be harassing them if I don't have Shepard here. And it's too late for that. Maybe I can find something in the room here. So, if you could search the rooms again, you'd be able to figure it out? Most definitely. Um, I'm going to have to go to the lavatory. Okay, Mum? Yes, okay. Stone looks through the notes again as Charles sneaks off through the front door of the apartment. I'll get that evidence from Miss Stone, and since Miss Murr is right next door, I'll check her out first. It's quicker. Then I'll sneak to Mr. Smith down the hall, and then Miss Springs upstairs. Mum will never even know I was gone. He creeps and slowly opens the door to Miss Murr's apartment. <sighs> Maybe it's because it's so late that I'm not making any headway in this investigation. If only I... Mm. What's this? Stone bends down and picks up a crumpled paper that was in the trash bin next to the desk. Oh my! This... this is it! This is exactly what I needed to find the killer! That means she was lying. She was lying all along! I've just solved the case, Charlie! Stone goes to the lavatory and sees that no one is in there. Charlie? Here we end the twelfth episode of Stone Cold Mysteries with a challenge. Find the killer. Were you paying attention? You now have all the tools to solve the murder. Message us on Facebook at Cougar Radio 88.5 or Twitter at Cougar Radio WCUG with the killer, the motive, and the weapon. 
Tune in next time to hear the solution and to listen to another Stone Cold Mystery.